I'm Arya Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking the bottom four teams. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. I'm here with Gabe, and we're talking the bottom teams in the league, the fever, the wings, the liberty, the dream. Gabe, it's a long time coming. It's a long time coming. And we've been kind of putting it off uh, just to, I mean, this show is going to be largely negative. If you've been paying attention to the season, you will understand but uh, these four teams just kind of didn't have it this year, so to speak. Yeah, and and look, like this is something that we pride ourselves in, honest and critical. Diana Taurasi was calling out Holly Rowe last week on this, um, talked about it on a, a recent Mercury game, where you know if we're going to treat this as professional athletes playing in a professional league, you have to be critical. There is a reason these four teams are not in the playoffs, and it's not because – they're so good, and if they would have tried a little harder, they would have made it. No, there there was flaws in the rosters. There was flaws in the coaching. There was flaws throughout the team that caused them to not be able to break through uh, to a playoff team caliber level. Yes, I would actually say effort was not a problem with any of these four teams. They just kind of weren't as good as everyone else, and that's why they will be sitting home in the playoffs. Um, I mean, there's some, we're, we're going to mention some good things too. I mean, they're, they're, every team had something you can point to and say, okay, we're happy with that. Um, but yes, it, this is, this is largely negative. Like I said. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's put the mask on and let's do this. Starting off with the Indiana fever. Um, and with each team, we want to kind of give you this idea of what's been going on in the team. So it's not just a, a vacuum of this one season. Indiana Fever, three years removed from Tamika Catchings, the GOAT, the one of the greatest of all times in WNBA history. Um, and it's taken a lot. I mean, you talk about Tamika leaving, and this team was completely built around her. Not only was it built around her, but they knew in certain areas that they lacked, she'd cover their excuse my expletive asses on. Um, and so when someone like that leaves, somebody who not only covers other people's you know issues but also raises them to a higher level to a better level level of play that's a huge blow Uh, and then you bring in a new coach I mean look let's be real I had a hot take before the season and my hot take was that the Indiana Fever were going to make the playoffs um didn't seem that like so crazy I mean yeah they're they're out by like four games five games or whatever from the eighth seed but still like it's not it was a hot take considering the fact that they're so soon removed from Tamika and having to just overhaul this roster. So I, and they were terrible last year. They were, no, they were, they were awful. terrible last year. We saw some spurts of like, Oh, this is kind of what they're going for. And they've built around these young players and they do have a nice core um, of old vets who can, you know, help them out or, or middle of the pack vets that can help them out. But I mean, look, why did they miss the playoffs Gabe? to you? What, why did they miss the playoffs? Um, well, I think it just comes down to the larger issue of not having enough talent yet. Uh, I mean, 
you know, you look at the people on this roster that have a lot of growth potential. I think Erica will, uh, Erica Wheeler was one of them. She was tremendous this year. She was played really great. I mean, obviously we saw that moment with her winning the, uh, MVP of the all-star game. She's been, um, one of the most consistent players all year. Um, and you know, you saw her grow. Unfortunately, we didn't see Kelsey Mitchell take that next step yet. Uh, she only shot 36% from the field. She, struggled at times to make an impact other times she was amazing but it's that consistency that makes you a star so she didn't get any worse obviously but she didn't get a huge step forward that they were kind of expecting and then tiara mccowan came in and was a little bit rawer than i think we we've pictured her as coming out of college say that 10 times raw rawer more <laughs> raw is probably the correct way to say that she's she was more raw than we expected coming out of college um, and so it's taken her until about like right now to get used to playing in the pros and, you know, just catching passes are coming in from from pros and understanding where her place is in the league and on the team. So that's really the the biggest takeaway to me. I think there were some strategic failures as well. They took a lot of long twos, but they had some personnel take on twos. So I, I'm not too I'm not too mad about Pokey's job in that regard strategically, but they just lack that sort of next level talent. And, and I don't think they're too far away from having that. If Ehler Mitchell or McCowan take a step forward, like Erica Wheeler took a step forward this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, th- this is a team that the growth is nice. Keep in mind, they have a lot of this young talent and they're likely going to get a very good pick this year. Now the draft class for this incoming year isn't the most amazing, but I mean, if you're if you're a team that's building off youth and this youth movement and bringing in and kind of melding this all together, I like what I'm seeing and I like the direction this team is on. Um, this this is the tough question. We didn't even talk about this, so I'm putting you on the spot, Gabe. Sorry. Uh, your owner, your management in in Indiana. Do you think that? I mean, obviously, fans have called it. People have said it that Pokey's in the hot seat. Do you look at it as a situation where Pokey's on the hot seat? See, I don't know. I, I was just thinking about this. So luckily I, will, I, I am prepared for this question because I was thinking about which one of these coaches is on the hot seat, which one of them isn't of these four teams. And to me, I don't think – I think Pokey did a good enough job this year, uh, you know, using the talent she had, developing the players in the season, doing a f- decent job strategically. Obviously, I had mentioned the long twos already – um, so I, I think she did just enough to, to kind of stay off the hot seat, get another year. And then hopefully with, uh, she can kind of, you know, mold these players even further into, you know, what, what they're going to be. So I, I think Pokey did a good enough job this year. So to me, no, she, she got off the hot seat if she was on it earlier in the year. I know there was rumblings of it, but she wasn't one of those that were like, well, you know, she, she's really gone this year. Um, so I, w- I would say she did enough for me to stay off. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, like, look, at, we all had our questions on Pokey, and, and I'm a fan of Pokey as a person. I, I don't always see eye to eye as far as her, her coaching styles in, in many ways. Um, but I will say I agree with you 100% on this, where coming into the year, I think you had to think after the horrendous season they had last year, um, you know, she's on the hot seat. That, that in my mind, that was just a fact coming into the year. And even throughout the beginning of the year, I know that they had a night, they had that like early spurt in the season where 
excuse me, I would say that many people kind of stood up and said, I mean, I was one of them. She's off the hot seat. And then they lulled back down to that Indiana fever that we knew. And then towards the end of the season, when we saw McCowan really start to grow, when we saw her not be afraid to, you know, pull Mitchell, bring Mitchell back and all that stuff, I think we started to see the pokey that we know from her successes um, and, and really move that her butt off the hot seat. So props to her. But hey, next year's next year's a new year. And, and the year's basically already started for her, if you want to think about it. Oh, way. yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's um, but let's uh, hopefully they they can make it to the playoffs next year. But let's talk about this next team going down the power rank and going down the, the standings. The Dallas Wings looking at them, not in a vacuum of this season, um, but you kind of have to look at them in a vacuum from this season. I mean, all right, not in a vacuum from this season. Historically, this team has struggled from beyond the arc. I mean, it was essentially a team that people would just look at them and say, hey, beat us from three. If you're going to do that, then you'll beat us. But like statistically, it's going to happen once a season. Um, they lose Skyler, no Liz, no Azra Stevens really this year, no Mojeff, no Taylor Hill. Why'd they miss the playoffs? I think it's pr- injuries. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like in- in- injuries or with Liz, you know, a demanded trade. Is is there a lot to be said there? Um, yeah. I mean, look, all right. So that we that coming into the year, they knew about Liz at the very least. So uh, to me, that doesn't affect like their year. They sh- they should have done whatever they thought they needed to do to trade her uh, when she demanded a trade. Uh, but yeah, not having Skylar because that's, it was weird. Like we just kind of always assumed in the off season that Skylar was coming back and she just didn't. And I think that really hurt them early in the year because they were kind of just planning and waiting for Scott, when Skylar coming back, when Skylar coming back. And then, you know, I don't know how the process went of deciding that she was going to sit out. Um, but I think certainly just like not knowing really killed them early in the year. And I think the fact that their best player offensively is a rookie, a, a really great rookie, an amazing rookie in Enrique Gumpawale, someone who is totally worthy of the, uh, you know, getting into the the rookie of the year discussion. Um, but it took some time. I think she's worthy of winning it. I'm not going to say that I'm saying she should win it, but I think it's fair to say she's like, she has done enough where if she were to win this in like, let's not talk about her for, versus fee, but if she were to win this based off these stats, I don't think you're going to have no. a ton of people up in arms saying uh, she doesn't deserve it. No. And, and she was, she was great this year, um, but it took some time for her to really get going until again, like McCowan right about now ish. I mean, Enrique was, much more formed as a scorer early on, but she, you know, didn't have everything in the bag and the confidence that she has now. Um, So I I think just relying on the rookie too much, not having uh, Skyler and that uncertainty early in the year. And then you kind of just look around and Kayla Davis and uh, and Kayla Thornton, they just weren't able to like scale up their offense and then again, exactly what you said before, their long-term issues of not shooting threes was again something that happened this year. They were the second worst three-point shooting team in the league. So, you know, I, I don't think they've they necessarily figured out how to shoot threes. Uh, that would be great if Davis or Thornton could do that, but they just couldn't this year. And you know, not having Skyler was really, really the biggest issue. And then I would say the three-point shooting would probably be the second one. Yeah, and and like. Honestly, it's funny because I remember when uh, I had an interview one-on-one with Coach Agler, 
right after he took the job and speaking to him. Um, and, and I just want to like, let, let me just lay this out and then I'll explain why I find this so interesting. Uh, when Agler got the job or even before he officially got the job and I was like talking to him, he mentioned something of he does his best work when he joins a team that's kind of been spinning the wheels where they have that potential, but they don't necessarily know what gear to put the car in to get it out, uh, to kind of move it forward. Coming into this Dallas roster, um, like when he said that, all that was on my mind was this Dallas roster, this Dallas roster, because they're spinning the wheels. They're not shooting enough threes. Mm-hmm. If they could hit the three, they'd be so much better. They have some of the deepest wing lineups in the league. Uh, it, it's just crazy who they have. And then he gets there, and like almost immediately after he gets there, everything just fell apart as far as that. Yeah. So he went from somebody who came into this job, and I don't know what he knew coming into the job. None of us do. Um, but coming into the job, he's looking for, all right, this is what my focus is, is, get them out from spinning their wheels. And then it came to a point where, okay, we got new wheels, we got a new base of this car, we got a new engine, we got a new exhaust. Like, it was just... Like, yeah, you still have the same chairs inside the car and the same steering wheel and the same AC unit, but everything else was different. Well, you're um, missing, you were no longer you're missing like a wheels. muffler or something because you don't have all your players yeah. there still. It, yeah, it, no, exactly. Like it's still they're rumbling down the street. But uh, uh, if I'm going to be critical of him, like we're talking about something that I was extremely upset about when he was the coach of the Sparks. And I constantly was bringing this up when talking about the Sparks was the deep twos that they took mm-hmm. now. The Wings were already taking a ton of deep twos. So I'm not going to put that on him, but it does concern me that he comes over and that's still an issue because I don't necessarily look at that as a strong point of his to say, oh, he's going to cut that out when that was an issue, you know? Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that. I mean, I think you you kind of have to look at it from a personnel perspective as well. Like they don't have a lot of great three-point shooters um, when we thought some people would get better, but they didn't. So, you know, I I do agree with you. That's, te- that's definitely a demerit on uh, his season and his coaching job. But I, I think he did get some buy-in from the team. I think he made them um, buy-in defensively, try to work hard on that end. And, you know, offensively, I, I think you know, it's just going to be weird when Skylar gets back and, and to see what he's going to do because I think maybe – you know, maybe Skylar plays some more off the ball and maybe she can find her stroke from deep. And then maybe she becomes that three-point shooter that gets him out of that. So uh, it's definitely a demerit that he could not get them to shoot better from three. But I don't think it's like fait accompli, like we're not going to see a good Dallas three-point shooting team because he has this whole offseason to retool in the draft, free agency, and then hopefully Skylar's just right back into the fold. And assumedly she be back to 100%, especially if she's working out with Team USA all summer. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's move on. New York Liberty. Uh, Talk about them outside of the vacuum. This is the second season, correct? Second season of Katie Smith. Um, I mean, look, I'll be real. We're not going to go into like starting lineups, all this just This is a team, I know we spoke about this before, Gabe, so sorry to steal your line, but... They didn't necessarily have the injuries that damaged them, but overseas ball really damaged mm-hmm. them. A lot of youth, uh, a lot of skilled scoring youth that was missed due to overseas ball. But the bigger thing to me, um, and honestly, this team just caused me to scratch my head left and right, is that when she came in, you're talking about a team that was winning the conference, a top four team in the league perennially, while you had Bill Lambeer as your head coach. 
She takes over, and the first thing on my list when she took over was she needs to overhaul this roster. And it's going to be tough for her because she's a player's coach. And it's going to be tough for her because she's been on this roster already with all these players as a coach. So in the same sense of you kind of look at like that seasoned veteran coach who maybe has a soft spot, i.e. Bill Lambeer, towards a plethora of New York Liberty players. Like, I mean, look at the the Aces roster last year. They were essentially the Las Vegas Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at it and you have that same issue of, can this coach pull the trigger? And I think it's almost harder for a coach who goes from being the assistant coach, who's kind of a resource for the players, to then having to be that hardliner who's going to say, hey, you got to go. You're not being on this roster anymore. So I gave her a lot of credit. Not her first season because also, you know, she had that whole issue of the team being sold. Right. The team finally is in new ownership and she's started to overhaul this this roster. But talk to me because why why didn't they make the playoffs? Because they still have a talented roster. Yeah, and I think this one, out of all four of the teams, this is the, the coaching job that I most question because she couldn't get that buy into defense. They have a 100 and 4.9 defensive rating, which is god-awful, good for worst in the league this year. Um, so she just really couldn't get them to uh, gel and buy in on the defensive end and really put a lot of their effort towards defending, and that, to me, is the coach's biggest job. Uh, offense, you know, having a great offensive scheme and all that is more or less judged by how your talent is. Like, if you look at... DC, for example, DC does not run that many plays. Same with the, you know, pick a pick a great team, the Spurs, the Warriors, any of those teams that you can think of. They don't run like a ton of plays. They just kind of have an offensive system that runs around their talent. And New York just could never get into the flow, both offensively or defensively, to, you know, work together and gel together. And, you know, that's what, to me, really uh, killed them. And that's on Katie Smith's feet so i do agree with you that she did not do a good job this year um but Eurobasket obviously really ruined the flow of their season because that was right after amanda zowie b put up what was it 37 points with the night yeah. where she was unconscious then she immediately had to go to europe and it was just like all of the momentum of that moment went away and you look at their you look at their record they're nine and 23 that was like a month how many games was that that was like seven games right maybe if they get yeah, maybe they get a few more of those. They're feeling better going uh, heading late into the year. So, um, yeah, you're a, you're a basket, but also uh, Katie Smith not getting her team to buy into any system was it was a huge issue. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, uh, we we could talk on and on about that, but um, we'll get to it. I mean, I got I got a question about the coaches okay. uh, when this when what, right before we finish off. But let's let's move on to the bottom team of the league. Yes, you read that correctly. If you haven't been paying attention to, if you paid attention to the W last year and you didn't this year, you're confused as all hell because the Atlanta dream, the number two team going into the playoffs last year, home court advantage through the playoffs, you know, get the double buy, all that jazz comes in beautifully talented roster. uh, Nikki Collins first season. I mean, just amazing roster. Then late in the season, Angel McCautry goes down and the offense really just never looked the same. But let's be clear, this team did not cornerstone themselves on offense. They cornerstoned themselves on defense. They were one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen in WNBA 
history last year. Now, you keep in mind, I mean, they had a, a midseason trade where they traded a player in Leisha Clarendon, a capable player, but not exactly a prolific scorer. They got Alex Bentley, someone who can extend the ball. The biggest criticism of this dream team has consistently been, can they shoot the ball from three and ability to create points on their own? Um, and when Angel McCautry went down, that was more and more evident of the Achilles heel of this team because Angel, yeah, she's a great shooter, but if you've ever watched an Angel McCautry highlight reel, you understand that some of her greatest attributes as a player is her ability to get in the paint, move around, you know, off-balance layups, off-balance shots in the paint, you know, doing things like that and getting to the free throw line and creating free points for herself. Um, and when they lost that, they really, really lost it. Um, why Why do you think the Dream didn't make the playoffs this year? Well, so you, you asked the question that could they shoot uh, three-point shots this year? And the answer was a resounding no. They shot that 29% from three so far this year actually they're they're still playing i think right now so that might that number might be changing in real time but uh, uh so mm. so 29 from three 29 flat 0. 0.0 is the worst um three-point percentage in the league since 2016 when the atlanta dream shot 28.7 percent. so no <laughs> taking it out of the context of this year it's still been a huge problem and it's got way worse this year because they just couldn't hit even open shots. And it was something that just like killed them all year. And, and to me, you know, all season we're sitting here saying like, what, what is wrong with the dream? What is wrong with the dream? And it's almost as simple as they could not hit shots. I have one more stat on how bad they were shooting. So they were worst in the league in field goal percentage and three point percentage. The last team to be the worst in the league from field goal percentage and three point percentage was the 2015 San Antonio stars who then had to move cities. That's how bad it was. I'm obviously I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's, it's pretty bad this year. It's just like they couldn't they couldn't hit shots. They got so frustrated with themselves. They got so frustrated with the rest that they were forcing stuff. And, and by nature, like you're mentioning, like they lost so much with Angel that other people did have to force shots. But they just got so just like in their heads about having to force the shot and get the foul and, you know, jump into people and do stuff like that. And to me, it was just like, it, it was quicksand. You ever see the movie, The Replacements? That's my favorite movie. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So, you know, Shane Falco's speech about quicksand, like, you know, you, oh, yeah. one thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong. And then before you know it, you're drowning. And so see that that's your fear. Mine is just spiders. <laughs> you talk about like spiders on the field coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so, the that's that was the biggest problem for the dream was just that they couldn't hit any shots they couldn't get the fouls and then they just got so down on themselves that it affected everything they were doing um so hopefully you know just they, they have someone that can stabilize them more next year maybe that's angel but it doesn't really seem like she's gonna be i don't know she may not be back there next year so if it's not angel someone else needs to step up and kind of be that you know calming presence that's just gonna get you a bucket and that could have been yeah and tiffany hayes could have been that but again she just couldn't hit a shot no one could hit a shot renee montgomery could not hit a shot yeah. no one no they couldn't buy a shot and and tiffany hayes like someone who got so much attention for being underrated last year did i, mean, I don't want to say she didn't do herself any favors this year but like it was just a di i mean look it's just 
flat out a disappointing season. Um, a lot of things were set up for this team really to do good, even without McCautry. And another thing that I'll even add to it is there's there's a couple things, um, and I'm not going to point fingers. And sorry, like I'm just going to see it, call it as I see it. That this team, in my mind, came into it kind of with this mindset of we got this. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, a, you know, the links or the sparks or like Seattle or like someone who's like fully accomplished anything. But there was this idea of like and, and Nikki even spoke to it in a, in a very different wording, but how she put a lot of this on herself saying, hey, um, you know, when I came in here my first year, we started at the basics and we slowly built our way up to a point and be, and we were good. This year coming into it, I said, oh, we know the basics. Let's start at step five and build ourselves up mm-hmm. from that. And steps one through four really hurt them. And to me, that was really telling because the whole season I looked at it and I saw myself as this team didn't have that drive. Like when you have a new year, a new coach, you know, the team hasn't been doing good. You have a new coach. You guys have a lot to prove. The coach brings in a system and you buy in quickly. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, it's kind of the sophomore slump of the system because everyone's standing there and going, yeah, I know what we need to do, but they're a little bit less bought into it. They kind of let, I don't want to say their egos get to their head, but their egos get to their head in the sense of saying, you know, been here, done that. I I've bought into it before. And now that I've bought into it, you kind of feel like, you know, where you can have leniencies Mm -hmm. and that kind of ends up screwing you. And one thing I'll, I'll throw some shade at coach Nikki because I know she can take it. I'll just say this, like a lot of her rotations of her, her her subs and stuff like that left me scratching my head countless times during the season. No, and and she re- she really struggled this year. And I think she would openly admit it that not only did the team struggle, but she struggled to, um, you know, kind of manage the adversity and, and uh, overcome a lot of the things that were in their way. I think the biggest thing that was in their way is that they had just like not only was Angel hurt, but then it's like a string of, you know, some like weird one or two game injuries um, that it just, you know, it, it killed them. It, it was like they couldn't get over not having X person there for one night. And then, you know, it, it's that whole back to the whole quicksand thing. It's like they can't get the starting lineup wrong, uh, right. So they get down in the game, then they start losing, then they can't get a foul, and then they start yelling at the ref, and then. You know, so it, it'll be, I think it'll get better next year. These are things that you improve on. And unfortunately, just in a WNBA season that is only 34 games, there's not a lot of time to like write that shit. You know, if you're already going, if you're already going down at the beginning of the season, it's really hard to kind of turn it around and pull out of the nosedive that you're in because there's only 34 games. So um, am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. Um so they just didn't they they didn't have the time to get better to uh improve. No, yeah, I agree and and, and that's kind of that's that's a a, con, a consistent shade that's thrown at the W for you know like NCAA people. I know I always talk with Rachel about this. By the way, fans, don't worry. Rachel's back in the USA. She had some prior commitments tonight, but she's come back on the show. We got a good one coming for you next week. We got a hot take episode. Hot takes. Hot takes. Um, one of the things that Rachel constantly talks about, and when if like she doesn't smack talk the W, but like you can call this smack talk. But one of the things she'll talk about is kind of like in the college season, 
you know, A, you have players for a certain length of time, four years typically. B, that season is so much longer that you have time to really instill a game plan and a system and work through the kinks of that system throughout the season versus in the W, you just don't have the the hours, the days, the games to do that. And, th- and that's a huge issue. And that's one of the reasons we want to see the league expand. Um, but that's for a different episode. The last question I got before we wrap up this episode, Gabe, and you probably saw it coming at this point, which of these four coaches is in the hot seat most in your mind? Or I'll rephrase that. If one of these coaches is going to be let go this season, who do you think it is at the end of the season before next season? Okay. So who do I think it is or who would be actually they're both the the answer to either who, who it should, who it should be or who it will be. I think are both the the same. I think that's, I think that's Katie Smith, the New York. Um, I think, she probably did the worst job of these four. Um, I think she she also faced a lot of adversity, but all four of these teams obviously faced a lot of adversity. So I would say she probably gets that uh, the nod for me as you know the one that should get the boot if anyone is going to get the boot uh, because she just didn't get that buy-in on defense. She didn't get she didn't uh, kind of manage the storm and didn't use the talent that she had uh, for what they could have done. I think, I think she underachieved um, the most out of these four teams. Um, but I also think she is the most likely to get fired because they have a new owner. And um, I think he might want to clean house and, you know, put his own people in, especially if they're going to move to Barclays, they might want to make a bigger name higher, or they might want to um, kind of replicate the things that they're already doing with, the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA and kind of bring in a more analytics focused group to run the team. Yeah, no, I hear that. I mean, I'll be real. Um, I, I always think that you need to give a coach like just like a player, you know, three years or so to figure this out. Um, for me, obviously I don't think Agler's even a question. They've been playing good in the late. It's only been there for a year. And obviously when they bring, when you bring in Brian Agler, you're not thinking one and done, even if you, go from a middle of the pack team to the worst team in the league. So I think he's completely out. We don't even need to talk about him. Um, Nikki's an interesting one because yes, she's in year two. And I think you got to give her, you know, it's kind of a wash at this point. Yeah. You went to the playoffs as the number two seed your first year this year, you're the worst team in the league. Um, So they kind of, to a certain degree cancel out. So I think you kind of give her this like prove it year. It's a contract year, as they say with players Um, with the fever, Fever is a tough one where I think the easy answer is pokey uh, to say that that she would likely be the one to go. And I think out of all of them, in my mind, she's most likely not necessarily because I believe she should be, because like we talked about, I think, you know, she's done a good job. But it's also very, very possible, um, you know, that she's the 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 Amber Stocks to the James Wade. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Where. She might have taken those steps, those necessary steps to right the ship, but she won't. She's going to be for you, biblical people. She's going to be Moses. She's going to bring you to the promised land, but not enter the promised land. Um, and then the liberty, I definitely hear what you're saying. I personally, my take is always when it comes to coaches, it's hard to find a bigger name than Katie right. Smith or like any of these established coaches, just because you're not pulling anyone from NCAA because they're not making enough money in the W. Um, so really, your options are. 
I mean, people who are already coaches in the league or a former W coach who maybe hasn't had the greatest luck in college or an old college coach who's done with college and has already made enough money that they don't care. But I, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to pull in someone bigger um, unless they go like to ridiculous lengths to do something crazy. And I, I don't know. It's, it's a whole thing. But so I guess I would have to say pokey when I lay it out for myself in front of myself. Okay. Can I, can I ask a All question? Right. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to sneak in a question. So usually there's a team that missed the playoffs the year before and will make the playoffs next year. So which one of these four teams do you think is the most likely to make that jump into the playoffs? Ooh. So it's funny you say, I mean, all right, I'll, I'll say uh, that's really tough. I'm going to say the wings. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's random. I get that. But like, look, let's be real. Assuming based on the assumption that Mojeff, comes back healthy taylor hill comes back healthy and skyler comes back healthy granted they all essentially and azrae comes back um three of those four people play the same position indeed so that's confusing as all hell um and that doesn't even include Enrique. so like figure out how you're gonna do that i don't know so maybe i shouldn't have picked them and that's gonna be the downfall <laughs> but to me but to me i want i was expecting very large growth from azrae um i think she's one of the bright, like, I think she's going to be the diamond, like have that growth that diamond oh. had. Um, but unfortunately she hasn't had enough time to really get in there and do that. Um, so that to me, that's why, but then my backup is the fever because the fever, I truly believe in what they've been doing these past years, as far as building this roster. And it might honestly come down to possibly a coaching change. It might come down to, you know, a few small things. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? Uh, I think it go. I, th- I think I would go with the fever. Um, I, I really like that theory about them somehow bringing in their own James Wade uh, instead of Pokey Chapman because that does kind of feel like she's the point A to point B coach, and they need a point B to point uh, to point C coach. Um, but you know, even if everyone comes back, I, I would probably go with the fever just because they're so close already, and I don't think Erica Wheeler is going to take a step back next year question mark mm-hmm. um but i i also believe in tiara mccallum getting better i believe in kelsey mitchell getting better i believe in their team being largely the same just with those two players being better and that will push them into the playoffs but so for dallas i disagree i don't think they would make the playoffs with this team because of all that redundancy you just mentioned at point guard but doesn't that kind of feel like they could make a trade perhaps yeah mayhaps? a trade a trade maybe get like a true center maybe i don't or know maybe, i mean or maybe it, it, I, it, or maybe what get angel mccotry like our own oh. brandon terrell has has Ooh. suggested in the past i would lo- shout out to b terrell shout out to b terrell because that idea like blew my mind I, I don't remember the exact trade but it was like angel for uh kayla davis and someone else uh maybe jefferson maybe like a first round pick but that that to me is that's that that if they do that I'm in yeah I'm, I'm in on the wings making the playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, and I say this with all love, they gotta get rid of Taylor Hill. Like that's just an injury. It's tough stuff. Walking, talking. I know. Like she, she's a baller, but like she's injured so much, and you have so much. If you can get something for her, you're gonna try and get something for her because it's at that point. Yeah. But uh, hey, we got more episodes to go. We're gonna be going all off season long and all playoff long. 
Uh, we got some dope stuff coming for you. You know what I'm talking about. We believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.